0: going on everyone i'm ben portnoy alongside me uh through the phone garrick hodge garrick what's up man
1: yes i am not alongside you yes (laughs) uh, we are conversing i just conversed with ben howland over zoom along with a couple other reporters on the beat so you know previewing some sec tournament basketball so another uh day in march here as we uh keep this slog of spring sports and winter sports and all it has it intercedes and keep the grind going
0: yeah it's a wild time man we've got lots of postseason action we've got baseball season going on but today let's uh Let's take a stab at these basketball teams. Obviously, the women's team dropped its first game of the SEC Gee, ben, tournament.
1: You want to stab a basketball
0: teams let's, let's take a stab at these teams. Yeah, I, there we go. A little figure of speech. I don't know. It's I've had a couple of cups of, cup, cups of coffee today, so it's uh, we'll see how today goes. Jeez, cool. I, I
1: know you were aggressive coming on this podcast today, but geez.
0: Yeah, well, I, well, hey, we got a lot to talk about, I guess, but um, – now, women's basketball losing its first game of the SEC tournament. The men getting ready to play their SEC tournament tournament next week. Let's start with the women as they've finished out. Um, and we'll get to the men in a little bit. But. Garrick, I know it was an it was an early tip off. It was 10 a.m. Central. That was that was that was different. I'm ne- I don't think I've ever covered a basketball game that early, at least in the college level. Fine
1: um, by me. More 10 a.m. tip offs. Let's go.
0: That's true. I mean, you get the you know we always joke and like I think it, I think it's funny because I think there's a disconnect between the public and reporters, especially on this, is that reporters love early games because you get at, you get done with work earlier, whereas like everyone loves night games, which they're cool, but then our deadlines are tight and it's just there's a lot happening. 10 a.m. tip Listen. though.
1: Listen, I don't know if uh, the men are going to be around in Nashville for one day, two days, or however many. But however long they're there, they're playing early tip-offs, and I am fired the hell up about it.
0: <laughs> you, yes, we. If, if you have, uh, if you're all in on uh, early tip-offs, you're in good company here on Bully Banter. But uh, yeah, so the women dropped their first game of the tournament uh, to LSU. Uh, wasn't particularly close. LSU kept the Bulldogs at, at an arm's length for most of the game. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in terms of their bubble chances. But, Garrick, you've been able to watch this team a little bit throughout the year. Um, just, just with kind of how this season has gone and where they're at, um, I'll put it bluntly. I mean, do you feel like this is an NCAA tournament team?
1: Absolutely not. But um, I, that's not trying to demean anyone, but I mean, I just don't know how it could be. It's a slightly above 500 team, a 10 and 9 team that, um, you know, I, everyone always makes it a point to go, you want like uh, to play your best basketball at the end of the year and uh, the committee takes into, you know, who, what teams have really improved and are coming on, you know, late in the year, or at least they're, they're said to, that's the rumor mill and Mississippi state is the exact opposite of that. Um, you, you can attest. I mean, I watched that LSU game too, but you were the one covering it, but I did cover the Missouri game while you were covering baseball. And, uh, the Missouri game was a regular season finale at Humphrey Coliseum. And they just looked so disinterested in being there. I, I don't know what the deal was, but, um, you know, like we, we got forwards getting out rebounded, uh, by, uh, one hand, you know, a Missouri player's reaching up with one arm and pulling down a rebound, and so I, I just don't know how that happens. Uh, to be, to be frank, when Miss, this Mississippi State board's in a better position, um, I just think that there's other teams out there. With, I mean, I think Ole Miss has a better resume. If you want me to put it bluntly, I, I, I do. Now, ESPN bracketologist ha, is a lot more knowledgeable than me, and so I'm going to defer to his judgment. And uh, last uh, last update has Mississippi State as the third-to-last team in. Uh, so it looks like they're going to get in, um, unless there's, like, a plethora of bid-stealers in two-bid leagues, although a lot of most of the conference tournaments are wrapping up already, so they're kind of running out of time for that. But um, I just don't know if, if, if they get in, what kind of team you're going to get on the floor. This looks like a team that um, – you know these last two games, they, you know, they came out better against LSU. I think what they they had a lead in the first quarter for the first time in how long, Ben?
0: I think it was the first time they had led after the first quarter since the South Carolina game in uh in on January twenty eighth, if I'm not mistaken. I but I believe that was the that was the day that was the game. It was like their first first quarter lead in six games.
1: Anyway, but they, they came out and then you know. The, while the third quarter game um, when they played LSU the first time the season uh, a couple weeks back um, you know that was a great third quarter by Mississippi State it was the exact opposite this time around wasn't it
0: yeah and I think like that's the thing when you look at this roster and, and how it competes like you know, okay, it's one thing that when you play a team that is that is definitely better, like a South Carolina or Texas A&M, look, Mississippi State didn't look good in those games, but they, they lost to a better team, and that's fine. LSU at least on paper is probably not necessarily a better team or at least an 11 points better than Mississippi State. And I think like that comes down to effort, right? You know, we always talk about and I think there's a lot of cliche about, you know, you talk about teams that are like bad teams that play really hard so they give themselves chances even in games that they should, don't deserve to win for example. Mississippi State is a probably a decent team that has talent to be really good, but doesn't necessarily put it all together, and, and doesn't, it seems, at least on the surface level, doesn't hasn't been playing as hard as maybe they could, and and I think, you know, that's easy for us to speculate, and, and we don't know all the ins and outs of what goes on, but, you know, between that, between the way they lost to Missouri in their last game of the season that would have given them a little bit momentum, win three games in a row, possibly, they didn't. Um, you know, this is a team that just, like, it feels like this is a team that has quit, and I don't really, and that's I don't know who that's an indictment on. I don't know if it's an indictment on the players, if it's an indictment on Nikki McCray-Penson, if it's an indictment on, you know, the athletic department for making this hire, whatever. I, I just think that when you watch this team, it feels fairly lifeless. Now, when they went and beat LSU a couple of weeks ago at LSU, what was that, a week and a half ago now? Um, at LSU, they, they looked really, I mean, solid doing it. They looked like, okay, maybe they're turning a corner. They've beat, they beat a bad Auburn team, but... Beat a decent LSU team that's floating around the bubble. Like, okay, maybe they can they can turn this thing around, win a game in the SEC tournament, and kind of go into March and see what happens. But you look at it again, and it reverted back. Right? You lose to you lose to Missouri, Missouri by twenty. You lose to LSU again then by eleven. And this team just feels kind of lifeless right now. And there's not really a lot of direction. And yeah, Charlie like you said, Charlie Cream has them in his last four in. This team probably gets in based on the fact that they did beat Ole Miss in the one head-to-head game they had. Um, now, I'd argue that right now Ole Miss looks like the better team, but Mississippi State I think is going to get in by virtue of by virtue of that, and I think also by virtue of that win over uh, Georgia that keeps looking better and better, and uh, <laughs> definitely stands out as one of the more interesting results in uh, in the SEC this year. But. Um, You know, the way I looked at this year, and I think that, you know, not to get too long-winded and and meta and whatever, but the way that you look at this year, they came in and were ranked super high, and that's fine. You kind of expected that with the way that, you know, last year finished, but there were a lot of problems with last year. I mean, this wasn't – that was not an easy coaching job by Vic Schaefer, and I think that's something that gets lost in the shuffle is there were – a lot of the problems you're seeing this year played out last year. They just won a few more games. Um but when you look at this, you expected this team to make an NCAA tournament, probably compete for a Sweet 16. I don't think I really expected them to necessarily make it further than that and then whatever – you know, you get to a Sweet 16 and then whatever happens from there is gravy, right? I, if you're Mississippi State, the way that this season gone has gone, they've lost seven of their last nine. They've trailed by double digits in I, I think each of their last – I think it's each of their last nine games, if not ten at this point now, including LSU. Um I mean, if you get to the tournament and win one game, I'm not saying that cures all ills, but it helps a lot. You know, this is a team that just needs to get to the tournament. I don't care if you lose, you know, maybe you lose your first game, whatever. But if this team can just get to the tournament, I, I, I think that is, a, that is a major, major help going forward.
1: All right, two things. Um, number one. Let's take recency bias aside for a second and look at their overall, you know performance what is the argument for putting mississippi state in they have that their best win is georgia i can't really find a great win besides that um you, you did say the ole miss head to head and that's another team that's figuratively on the bubble so fair um even though ole miss has more quality wins per se in the overall resume so i guess it depends on how much you value head to head which uh that was in what january
0: yeah, they beat uh, Georgia on Jan- the thirty first, so it was the last uh, last day of twenty
1: twenty. I, I was I, I meant uh, Ole Miss head to head. Oh yeah, uh, they beat
0: Ole Miss in uh, in January. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, and they don't really have really bad losses until they lost to Missouri. Like that was probably the best thing State had going for it was that they didn't have any like back breaking losses. Yeah, and um, even Missouri to a sub- well, yes, but the a sub uh, Missouri team that what, what did they finish in conference? Uh,
0: they were nine and eleven overall, I believe total. So I'm forgetting what their exact conference record was, but so I mean it was about five and seven or right. Six and an and eight,
1: if they, they would have lost, you know, by like a couple points here and there, would be one thing. But they got run off their own gym. Um, you know, it's kind of like the the Vanderbilt lost for the men's side. Um, it's just yeah. uh, you know, puzzling and confounding, and it's it's a loss like that that you would think just knocks you out of the, the bubble picture entirely, mm-hmm. but... So the argument is the Georgia win and the head-to-head over Ole Miss. But beyond that, what's the argument to putting them in? I, I just, I just maybe, maybe the resumes of other bubble teams are just entirely so weak. And I'm not going to lie and say that I'm completely in tune with what all the resumes are in terms of the bubble team. But when you ask me, the big picture is: does this look like a tournament team to you, or is this team deserving of a tournament bid? I would say absolutely not.
0: Yeah, so things get interesting a little bit. Like so I, I just pulled up the net rankings for uh women's Uh, for the SEC right now. So the net rankings for those who don't know is kind of the measure that the tournament, uh, that the selection committee and and college basketball higher-ups use to kind of measure, you know, how good teams are basically compared to everyone else. Um, And and at the top, you've got the people you would expect, you know. In the SEC, you've got South Carolina, A&M, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and Arkansas. And I think we can all agree, and and Alabama, frankly, which I think you can all agree that those are teams that have been in that sort of upper echelon for the most part. Alabama might be a step below. And, And then it follows with Missouri at 38. So you know as a net wit loss it's not necessarily as bad as it might look you know in terms of how that Missouri team actually is uh Ole Miss at 42 Mississippi State at 45 LSU at 62 and then Florida at 63 and then Auburn at 112 and Vanderbilt at 159 but Vanderbilt obviously didn't finish the season um so if you look at that like Mississippi State's and win wins in this conference you know you beat a team in Georgia that's now ranked 13th in the net the problem is Mississippi State. I, I think uh, our, our buddy, friend of the friend of the podcast, Nick Sauce, tweeted this out the other day that Mississippi State only has one win over a top twenty-five net team. Uh, Ole Miss has three. Now, I think that Ole Miss, you know, hurt its chances by losing some of those games early in the season, but um, has played well down the stretch. So, I, I think that, but I think that Mississippi State's going to benefit from the fact that they won the one head-to-head game there. Um, and it, it'll be fascinating to see what happens and how that bubble shakes out because Mississippi State has had things break its way for the most part um, on the bubble right now. Um, you know, there were teams that, that were kind of in that that realm that fell off. LSU not lose. LSU beat Mississippi State, but they lost to A&M by a lot the next game, and that doesn't help. Um, Ole Miss losing to, to Tennessee in a, in a dogfight, though, and came close. And I think that if Ole Miss wins that game, they're probably in the tournament. But... Um, you know, you've seen some other teams around that bubble lose games and I think that's helped Mississippi State a lot. So I, I think they're right there. I think, you know, this is the thing you and I've, I mean, Garrick, you and I have talked about this for weeks and I think you can vouch. Like I've said for weeks that I think Mississippi State is probably closer to the bubble than they're being projected. And right now they're squarely on the bubble at about as close to it being out of the tournament as you can be. Um, so I'm fascinated to see where this this all stacks out st- shakes out because I think it's going to be a really fascinating case come a week from what's today. Today's Monday. We're recording this on Monday, but a week from today uh, when the women's show is.
1: Well, I uh, that's 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 a pretty interesting summary, but before we transition to the men, I've got a conspiracy theory on what's going to happen with the woman if you're ready to hear it.
0: Let's hear it. Enlighten us. I'm I'm excited for this. Let's hear it.
1: So For Bully Banter listeners out there, um, Ben, myself, and our prep reporter, Theo DeRosa, shout out, Theo, are in a group chat and use it pretty daily. And I've been having this theory for, I don't know, the last, let's call it 10 days or so, that the committee is going to sneak Mississippi State in on the skin of its teeth, and they're going to do everything they can to match them up, first round against. Can I get a drum roll, please? Very poor sound effects. We need a producer, but that's okay. Texas.
0: I'm because, here for it. Give me all the. I, I'm all for it. They were projecting against Oregon and Charlie Cream's last one, so that could be a fun too. But let's hear the Texas theory.
1: Is it, Texas is what a sixth seed in Charlie's uh, latest bracket.
0: Uh I believe that's the case, yes. Let me pull it up though and I
1: can A six them. or a seven seed. One of those two. Yeah. Now I think as long as it's not completely egregious, like you know, like obviously they wouldn't match them up um if Texas was gonna be like a four seed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But if they can like shift it a little bit to maybe drop Texas down a smidge. Yeah, Texas or- is on
0: Texas is on the seven line right now.
1: Okay. Um I got, yeah, you can't really bump Mississippi State up to a ten seed right now, but I feel like you could maybe uh, I think the big 12 tournament is coming up if Texas wins a game or two. I have no doubt that if Texas increases its stock to a six seed, it's drawing Mississippi State in the first round because the committee and it's not just women's basketball that does this like men's basketball is where I'm getting this stuff from because a couple of years back, so. This is kind of off the wall, but it's relevant to this theory, I promise. Mm. So, Bill Self at Kansas refused to play Wichita State, ever. Would not do it. Um, He saw no benefit to it. He saw it only as a detriment to his program. Wichita State had everything to gain, and Kansas had barely nothing to beat them, because if they beat them, their fans would just say, yeah, well, we should beat them. What's the big deal, Bill? So, Wichita State... Had been crawling trying to get that game scheduled, a home and home, or even just going up to play at, uh, um, you know, Lawrence, and he just wouldn't do it. So, what does the committee do? They put him in the same bracket together, and they match him up, and they play him in the second round. Wichita State beats them. It's a Kansas storyline forever in the Kansas market, obviously. So, and you know, they didn't have to put him in that same bracket. They could have easily. Figured figured out a different way to where it makes sense to not put those in there. But, you know, those dollars and cents meant something, and the TBI's definitely meant something. And I think when you're in a scenario where we're going to have March Madness for the first time in two calendar years, they want as many eyes on this as possible, what better way to do that than to put Vic Schaefer against his old team? And honestly... That may be the best-case scenario for Mississippi State, if I'm being completely honest. You want a reason to fire these girls up and to, like, not have us talk about effort? Put them against Big Shaver because I guarantee you that's going to be interesting if you do.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you're right. And, like, if you're the committee, I I mean, I've joked with you and others, like, if someone has a sense of humor, they're going to put Mississippi State versus Texas. I mean, if you're a ratings per, if you're looking for ratings and all that, shoot, I'd match that up as best I can as you know within the realm of reason. I th- I think you're right. I think it makes for a fascinating in- and fascinating first round matchup, and I think there'd be a lot of eyes glued on it. And to be fair, Vic Schaefer's had his own set of issues at, at Texas this year. I think they're sitting at um, what are they? They're they're about like fifteen and eight, give or take um, seventeen and eight. Excuse me um I, i'll be fascinated to see what they you know that team looks like come you know tournament time as well um but with that said with the conspiracy theory in tow uh what do you say we jump over to the men garrick uh, obviously you cover the men more day-to-day than i do but what uh they're opening the sec tournament with kentucky on thursday at 11 a.m central uh what, what are you kind of expecting from this team and give us a brief kind of rundown of what what we can expect
1: well sure um it's really interesting talking to Ben Howland on Zoom sessions sometimes, because especially when it t- turns into personnel-like discussions, mm-hmm. because sometimes he'll be really transparent. He'll be like, oh, we're going to put this guy at the three, this guy at the four. And then others he'll be like, well, I'm not really going to tell you what we're going to do because I don't want to help our opponent. But today he came out and said, yeah, I'm going to start Derek Fountain at the back in the starting lineup today. Um, and I know he's doing that because Kentucky has such a size, you know, Um, disparity on their team that they just have a team full of really tall human beings. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So they, they want to get that length in there and um, have it contend with that. Um, So, and you know, last game against Auburn that they dropped, which um, I think Holland played it up more that he was disappointed than you know, maybe it really is what it really means to the team big picture wise, because it was really relatively meaningless Mm -hmm. because this team, both, <laughs> this is this is really funny. Um, just kind of thinking about this. Both Mississippi State and Kentucky need to win the SEC tournament to get into March Madness, and to think <laughs> that Kentucky needs to win the SEC tournament to get into March Madness is maddening. Play the uh, the but, um, but, <laughs> um, I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, um obviously Mississippi State's ceiling in this tournament is not very high. Um, They could easily beat Kentucky. I have no doubt about that, that they could beat this Kentucky team. They almost did um, back in uh, January. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it was probably the most heartbreaking loss of the season because they had multiple chances to win the game. They had a not a big lead but you know a decent lead seven eight points late um i just couldn't close it out and it's most heartbreaking because you know they were i believe four and two at the time in conference play Yep, at kentucky it's just a team that they haven't beaten in like (laughs) more than a decade yep like i I think the losing streak to them, I'll have it the specific number. I, I can't believe I don't know this offhand, but um, it's 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 more than fifteen. I know that. Um, it's, I mean, Rick Stansbury was the coach the last time Mississippi State beat Kentucky. It's
0: been so, a while.
1: Yes, it's it's been a minute. Um, I think if you can end this season beating Kentucky, ending their NCAA tournament streak. I don't know, maybe get, like, because a lot of this team's going to be back next year, I'm pretty sure. Get it in the back of your minds that we can play with Kentucky. And you get that monkey off your back that you haven't beaten Kentucky in forever. I think that's a good way to go out. Um, And, I mean, who knows? Maybe they've played Alabama really close, two times. Maybe you can beat them. Now, I think their absolute ceiling is getting to the semifinals because this team plays so many guys so many minutes that – you know they're going to just be exhausted by day three if they're even as a day three. Um, so I, I think that would be the, the figurative ceiling for this team uh, for their journey in Nashville. But um, you you can tell like I mean, Howland doesn't really you know he's he's not a soundbite machine. He's not a uh, a guy that tells you everything that he's thinking going into the game, and um, he's certainly going to give his best effort to win this you know get as far in this tournament as possible but he also kind of wink wink nudge nudge doesn't really expect a whole uh um a sustained run let's say yeah because he uh i think it was joel uh coleman of uh cowbell corner asked him um if there was you know maybe an advantage to playing um so many young guys to where um i i don't know if it was just they're more fresh and they haven't played so many minutes or they you know um they haven't been through all this so maybe they just won't put too much pressure on themselves something along those lines yes yeah. Ben answered that question by saying well i wish i had a redo with last year's tournament team to be honest with you yeah so so that was if that was the first thought he had with this question that i wish i could play last year's tournament with this uh last year's um team with this tournament i I, i'm stumbling over my words here but you you (laughs) understand that
0: it's all good i got you but yeah no i mean I, i think it's fascinating i mean if you're mississippi state like this year, especially for the men's basketball team, has been a matter of just sort of keeping the keeping the course, right? Like, I think, you know, there was a lot of smoke early about Ben Howland. I think that's subsided some. But you look at it, I think this is a team that's built for next year a little bit. I think you're going to have some really good guys coming back. And we've talked at length about how projectable this lineup is for next year. You know, assuming that you bring back all the pieces, and really the biggest question mark is DJ Stewart. And I think, you know, signs point to him coming back based on where he's being rated in draft, um in draft mark or draft uh, pre-draft stories and things like that so um, you know I, I'm fascinated to see I think this is you know you always talk about how a postseason is kind of a chance to, to build toward next year right and and I think that's what this is right you know you look at it and if you can if you're Mississippi State and you can go and uh, you know win a game beat Kentucky get that monkey off your back. You play Alabama, you don't expect to win that game, but you know, at least it gives you a little bit of semblance of, okay, we can do this, you know, build on this for next year kind of thing. And uh, I'm fascinated to see how they play against Kentucky because that's a game that they probably, could, they you know, let slip away and now have a chance to, to you know, uh, avenge. There's the word I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, I I think that it's going to be a really interesting game. I think that they are very similar style teams, that they're very – um, you know, they deploy two forwards and, um, you know, Kentucky mm-hmm. has Cal loves his bigs. He always has. He always will. Um, but I, I just had, like, all right, well, we. I did, gave my conspiracy theory on the women's side. My conspiracy theory on the men's side is that, I don't know, I just have this weird feeling and it's based on nothing substantial <laughs> and Nothing that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: But I just have this weird, dumb feeling that Kentucky's going to win the SEC tournament. That's kind of just like how these things go, right? Kentucky ends up, you know, the one year they're bad, they still win the SEC tournament and get into the tournament.
1: I I just feel like that's going to happen. I I don't know why. I I just, I I get the feeling it's going to come. And all four of their games are going to be stupid close. Like they will I don't know. I can believe Still, it like all three out of four on buzzer beaters or something dumb. Like, I, I just feel like it's something we're in line for something like that.
0: I can believe it. I can believe it. Well, that's all I've got. Garrick. you got anything else?
1: I don't think so, man. It's gonna be an interesting week.
0: Happy, uh, happy conference tournament time or power conference tournament time. I should say, uh, obviously some mid majors got going last week, but anyways, for Garrick Hodge, I'm Ben Portnoy, appreciate y'all listening, and we'll catch you again next week.